Stories connect us as humans. A well-told story can motivate and inspire us. Storytelling is the ultimate superpower. Be The Drop is a weekly podcast that investigates how to tell stories that engage. Join me, Amelia Veal, on our shared journey to become better storytellers. In episode 276, I'm very excited to welcome back Chris Warman. Well, actually, we recorded this episode before he left, but are releasing now as he celebrates his role as new dad to baby Patricia. Throughout our documentary series, Transcending the Gender Narrative, we talk to many men about their desires to be more involved in their children's lives and the barriers they faced when trying to achieve this. Chris is about to embark on a journey as a stay-at-home dad, so in this episode he discusses how he's feeling and what factors weighed into this decision in the aim to normalise parenting roles regardless of gender. This is Chris's version of Be The Drop. Have you ever heard of brand storytelling but have no idea where to start when it comes to implementing it into your business? Sign up for our free Storytelling for Business email program. We give you the tools to develop strong brand messaging, grab your customers' attention and how to create a positive sales experience. Register for our free email program to learn how to engage your audience and turn them into customers via narrativemarketing.com.au slash storytellingforbusiness or access the link via the show notes. Chris, yes. welcome back to the thank, mic. Thank you for having me, Amelia. I'm back. Well, <laughs> yes. For a moment. For a moment. So we've just, we've recently heard that Chris is about to embark on a new and very exciting journey as Wendy, his wife, has their first baby, his stepson, her second child. So they've had some experience. Well, Wendy's had plenty of experience. <laughs> this is Chris's first experience with a newborn. Yes. So, and also he's going, he's made the decision to be a stay-at-home dad, which is why we won't be hearing from Chris for a while. And we just thought it'd be a good opportunity to chat about that. And what I'd actually like to do, and we'll see if Chris is agreeable later, um, is maybe track this journey a little bit. (laughs) Chris is like looking at me, ah! Uh, Because throughout our documentary series, Transcending the Gender Narrative, we talk to many men about their desires to have wanted to be more involved with their children or they're looking back and wishing that they had been. But the cultural barriers that they faced as a dad and what it meant to be a dad and what the dad's role was and what mum's role was and how we think about that. So I thought this was a great opportunity to sort of ask Chris, like how do you feel about this? You were just about to embark on this journey. How are you feeling? Um, Excited, nervous. Uh, I think it's going to be like... uh there's a, there's a lot of go at the moment, go, go, go. And then I feel like there's just going to be quiet, but then it's not quiet because it's going to be a lot of crying. <laughs> and uh, the baby's not going to pay me. Or <laughs> I'm not going to get superannuation from a baby. <laughs> no. So there's a, so you're talking about a lot it's of a, It's elements. a seismic shift in my career. I haven't had something like this come along. Mm. And in life. Yeah. So then talk me through a little bit your decision to be a stay-at-home dad. So Wendy's going to return to work and you're staying at home. So what are some of the factors that weighed into that decision? Mm, Yeah. So when Wendy and I first started dating, she mentioned that she didn't want to have any more children, but she changed her mind and I was happy about that (laughs) because I didn't mind either way. But, you know, 
that's fun. And my whole family is very excited about that idea. I didn't get any pressure from my family, which was good. They, they were like, you know, if it happens, whatever, don't mind. Because uh, obviously Wendy's had a son from a previous relationship and my family all love um, love him and uh, <laughs> I think he's the best. But they're going to uh, have another addition soon, so that's exciting. But the factors that weighed in on me deciding to stay at home, I guess you'd call it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I know, it's, it's such a weird saying, isn't it? <laughs> Uh, yes. Uh, I guess I've been working really hard <laughs> for a long time. And I guess we kind of touched on this on that episode we did about picking the flowers <laughs> in Gravers. Um, But I don't know. I just felt like something, doing something very different. And so, you know, these barriers that the other men were talking about when we were recording for Transcending the Gender Narrative, you know, about cultural perceptions about whether what it meant to be a man or not and you know whether it was any less or not to stay home with your child you know whether that should be the traditionally the female role did that come into play at all for you uh not for me but I can acknowledge that there are a lot of men out there that might want to follow the same thing that, that don't have that same opportunity because they are too much negative downward pressure on them I guess but um, for me I everyone was really supportive and that was really great and we kind of went you know this is what the government allocates to people who have kids and this is how I can look at working in the future doing um, less work more things I like to do <laughs> and looking after a child too but my family they, they didn't mind <laughs> mm. Wendy would go back to work after she's had the baby um, has she had any judgment or people, you know, is there, is that receptive and open as well? Like I'm, I'm really interested because are we seeing a shift? Is it, <laughs> is it happening? Well, I, don't, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe if, the, uh, I don't think it would have been different, even if it was more, even if it was less acceptable, I probably would have done it still. <laughs> we just kind of, I've never followed anyone else's rule of thumb, but I've not lived in a family background where. There was defined roles more than some people would, but um, some people have been like negative on Wendy's decision, but it's mainly because people have conceptions, preconceptions of what a child should be going through when they're young, you know, like you have to breastfeed forever for as long as you can, <laughs> but not too long, although it's weird. Um, yeah, too uh, this long, but not that long. <laughs> but then Wendy and I, Wendy's a pretty open book, so we've talked about it a lot. But like a lot of the things we talk about is like if there's so much pressure on one person to raise a child, then the quality of care that a child can get is quite low. You know, like it's it's a partnership between two people, so why not take advantage of that? Mm. And uh, you know, I guess we're going into a kind of. T uh, stereotypical situation where one partner works and the other one looks after the kids but uh it's flipped <laughs> well yeah and it's not gender defined and i you know i love that I, I think it's great that's what transcending the gender narrative is all about really isn't it you know trying to go how do we change these narratives where you go it's a partnership one partner will go back to work and one partner is going to stay yeah so you're talking about partnerships because it is a partnership and it is, you know, I like that that language, and I like that you're—that's your lived experience. You're living that and going, okay, well, we're a partnership. 
one of us is going to return to work. One of us will stay with the baby because that's what we need for our family unit to manage children's care needs, financial, you know, support needs and to operate. So, you know, from what we did, from the interviews we did with Transcending the Gender Narrative, like, I, you know, obviously we spoke with a huge range of people you know, and a lot of people were saying they wanted to see this shift. Do you, do you think is it? Do you think it is shifting? And you've said you haven't got that for your personal experience. But do you think it is becoming more broadly acceptable? Um, in my industry, yeah. <laughs> I was talking to someone the other day who is who their partner is a videographer as well, and they were like, "They would love to be the stay-at-home dad." Um, I mean, they didn't have a kid, so I'm sure maybe they make that decision later. <laughs> But, um, I mean, I've always, I think over my time working, I've only ever had one male boss. So I think a, a lot of the the people who are my bosses are very supportive of the idea of me doing pursuing this avenue too. Like it was, and then often people who I work for have had kids already, so they know, you know, you want to experience this, you know, you don't want to miss out. And... Um, I don't know, maybe it's something like, maybe I feel like my dad might have missed out that he had the opportunity, that he didn't have the opportunity to do what I'm doing. So Mm. I want to live up to that. Yeah. Yeah. And so going into this, you know, newborn baby phase, what are you most excited about and what are you most nervous about? (laughs) Like, what are you thinking? Well, I'm really excited about just hanging out (laughs) with a baby, you know. I don't um just you know it's like all those videos on facebook where it's like a compilation of babies flipping over or whatever doing funny stuff <laughs> <laughs> looking forward to that yeah yeah uh, their first smile just having that kind of yeah like a little human depending on me uh, i feel like i'm gonna look forward to that kind of relationship it's gonna be a pretty big deal because i've never had something that's like it's like half me you know it's, <laughs> it's pretty weird <laughs> But really cool. Um, the thing I think about most is probably the things that are going to be challenging in the future. I mean, I haven't faced any of the challenges yet because I'm still kind of in the limbo situation, you know. But I feel like it's going to – I have to try hard not to become isolated, I feel like, in the future. Because um, even people in, in Wendy's family who have had kids recently – their situation is like the man goes to work and the woman stays home and looks after the kids. So it's kind of a bit weirder for me to, you know, have play dates or whatever if it's like. Whereas if I knew heaps of men who were doing stay-at-home dads, I'd feel probably feel more comfortable. But, you know, that's on me. I can <laughs> I can live to learn with whatever situation. Mm. Your growth mindset might come back into that. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you have to listen to the previous episode with There's Chris. A lot, I know a lot about recording audio and video, but I don't know a lot about making sure a baby knows how to swim. <laughs> <laughs> well, and it's interesting. As you're talking then, I just realised that with newborn babies, you get assigned to a mother's group. Do they still call them mother's group? And if so, do you get to go? I don't know. Like I said, <laughs> there's going to be a lot of weird things that happen in the future that like the challenges that come out come up and I have to like overcome but mm. Angus is 12 now but certainly when I when he was born it was you were put into a mother's group and I'm fairly sure that other mothers that I know more recent you know have had babies more recently and Rupert is five but I didn't get assigned because I think it's only with your 
first one. I'm not sure how it works, but they, I'm fairly sure it is a, a mother's group. Now, I assume that dads are – it's not – a prohibitive one yeah but yeah so you, so if you <laughs> then got, you go back to what you know like someone like Annalie on transcending the gender narrative was talking about it's like it's a it's a what is it it's a men's group but women are welcome <laughs> yeah so you'd be you kind a, of othered yeah you'd be in the women's group yeah yeah I feel like it's it will be easy to become isolated hmm. um, and do you think that's more because you may be in a minority as a dad in that scenario? Yeah. Yeah. And people would be more likely to reach out to Wendy about things, I suppose. I mean, it's no fault to anyone. It's no. like not the hospital's fault that they talk to, <laughs> to my wife about what she's going to do for care after the baby's born. It's not their fault for not knowing mm. that I was going to do that instead. <laughs> yeah. So it's all on me, really, to navigate that. And reach out on my own accord. Yeah. But, um, I mean, the, the government obviously has it set up in place so that I can get leave instead of my wife. So that's good. Yeah. Like, so there are some changes being made. There is some of those mechanisms being put in place. But it's around the conversations. And I, I think it's interesting. So you're saying it's on you. It's your approach to do this, which, you know... Is great. I would hope, though, as well, that other people will be embracive of that. And I really do hope that when we touch back on this, that is your experience, that people were accommodating, were happy to engage in it. And, you know, you were saying before that your response when people are talking about it has been that they're like, oh, what a great, that's good, I, I want to do that. So hopefully yeah, there yeah. is that um, connection and capacity for connection. Yeah, I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> there was no it question. seems like it's an envious position that people think i'm in so that's good mm. <laughs> people at, at wendy's work say well, men at wendy's work say oh i wish i could do that instead of my wife <laughs> mm. or like uh you know the people i work with at the film school they um they said uh, you know you're going to enjoy this you know like they said stuff like uh my part they my partner and i both worked and our kid was basically raised by someone else you know mm. and that was something Wendy and i talked about you know if i wanted to continue pursuing different things I'm engaged with now I could I could do but the amount of money we'd have to pay for someone else to look after a child and I get to miss out I don't get to I, I miss out on different growth mm. aspects milestones. of the baby being around yeah milestones they, they I get to miss out on milestones I don't want to miss out on milestones you know no you can fill them in the blue book yeah. the book's you know, it's blue. 2021 I get to or 2022 next year I should be able to enjoy these things, you know. <laughs> yeah, I, and it's great. You, you know, I, I think we want more examples and more men talking about this and more men identifying, well, this is the thing I'm concerned about so that people can be aware. Because I don't think there would be, and as you say, it's no one's fault necessarily that these conversations are had in that way. But unless we have different conversations, unless we provide different narratives and different examples, then people won't know to be aware of of them yeah yeah it would be great if there was like when you're going through all the pregnancy stuff and you've got the book you're filling out if there was a box that was like once the baby's born who will be looking after this baby primarily or will you both be looking after this baby primarily we could go you know the the woman the man or a relative and then they can provide you with different support materials based on that but 
currently it's still it's, all geared yeah. towards the assumption that, that requires it will be a lot mum. of effort as well but yeah to implement something like that you know you know we talk about gender equality and the requirement for that and how we want more females in leadership roles more females on boards more females doing this but to achieve that then we actually need more males taking on other roles such as being the primary carer at home to enable it so we need we should have information for that yeah that's what i think yeah <laughs> it'd be cool to have um you know advice after i've been through things you know because mm. i'm just imagining like you know parental leave for women is like a map and it's got a road that you're following and all the little things and and then you get one parental leave for a man and it's a map and then you walk along and you're like oh there's like a big stream here that wasn't on the map and i have to cross this now <laughs> It's like, in concept, this is exactly the same. <laughs> yeah. But in reality, we'll see. Yeah, you know? well, and this is where I think, you know, it'd be interesting for you to track and record and share that those stories um, so that there can be more awareness of whether there might be, a, you know, a stream with no bridge. How can we help dads navigate that? You know, because really I think that helps everyone. You know, it helps certainly the dads that are experiencing that. And the mums that want to return to work and it not be a huge stress on the family. Because if it's really challenging and there's extra barriers in your way, then that's not going to work for the whole family unit. Yeah. But I, I, something I know for certain is uh, no matter how many challenges are in my way, I'm, I'm still going to have a great time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which is it's fabulous. It's exciting. Well, thank you, Chris, for sharing that, your story. And as I said, I would be keen to touch base again, you know, and track the journey and understand some of these experience because I do think it's really important for these conversations to, to share the men's lived experience as well. If we really want to embrace men and women in the conversations of gender equality, we need to look at it from both sides and really understand where the barriers are for, for across the board for everyone. So... Good luck. Let's hope we fill in those blanks. Yeah, and, you know, I'm really excited and looking forward to hearing how it all goes. <laughs> Thanks for joining me for another episode of Be The Drop. Don't forget to subscribe in order to ensure you never miss out on one of our weekly episodes. Be The Drop is produced by Narrative Marketing, where we believe that stories connect individuals and that powerful storytelling can positively impact the world. To unleash your storytelling superpower, visit narrativemarketing.com.au or check out our social links in the show notes. To contact me directly with any specific comments you have, you can email me via amelia at narrativemarketing.com.au. And don't forget that whilst a task or challenge may seem overwhelming, a waterfall begins with one drop and look what comes from that. This is a Narrative Network podcast.